0: Welcome to the Pastors' Cut. This week, we are joined by one of our teaching pastors from the Rogers Park Network, Phil Adams.
1: Yeah, we get to talk with him about Romans chapter thirteen verses one through seven and uh, explore things like politics, government, and the sovereignty of God.
0: Great. Let's get started. I'm Hillary Murphy,
1: and I'm Trevor Lovell,
0: and this is the Pastors' Cut with Phil Adams. Well, welcome, Phil. Thanks so much for joining us for our first official episode of season four of The Pastors' Cut.
2: Good to be here. Thank you, Hillary.
0: So I feel like this summer, a lot of people have really gone back to kind of their childhood and summer, summer childhood traditions that they might have done when they were younger. But now during this season of COVID, there haven't been options to do many other activities. So has there been sure. some favorite childhood summer memory that you've remade this year with your family?
2: Oh, uh, good question. Um, wow, that we remade. I think one thing that we did we did this year, which is, uh, I I come from Ireland, so um, there's not that much, many big cities in Ireland. So, something we <laughs> did this year, um, that was really like Ireland was we went camping in Vermont. So, um, that really felt like. We were actually uh, uh, back home. I don't know if you guys have, have been to Vermont, but um, Vermont, the beautiful. rolling, the rolling hills. Um, it was it was remarkably like home. Other than it was way hotter than Ireland, but um, oh. that was that was really cool. And uh, actually, yeah, it felt like we even got to take the kids to do some of the stuff that um, I did growing up, just in the in the hills and the forests. And there was bears. We were camping and. Bears walked out of the forest. That was exciting. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, is, is that yeah. like
0: Ireland too? Bears? No,
2: no I, th- I think we killed all the bears. I think all our bears oh. are dead. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like camping has made a real comeback this year. Camping in national parks.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Yes.
0: What about you, Trevor? Mm.
1: Yeah, actually, camping is usually something that, like, both my wife and I, we grew up doing it every summer with our families. And we've made that a point to go camping every summer with mm-hmm. our kids. Uh, but this is the—we actually didn't do it this year because we had a baby like right at the beginning of summer. And so, so this is actually the first summer in a while that I haven't done something like that, um, reliving the the childhood things. But, but it's okay. There's been other good things as well. So it, it's been, it, it's been. There's been some fun things.
0: So it's been a what different summer for you too. <laughs> yeah. So I also did a lot of camping this summer. I went to Acadia National Park with my parents, which was very much like growing up with them. But another fun thing that I brought back, it's actually my roommate brought this back, but we have a friend with a backyard who lives really close by and she really wanted like the baby blow up pools. (laughs) And she found one, which was really hard because everyone wants a baby blow up pool right now. So they were sold out, but we actually tracked one down and have blown that up and just sat in the backyard and put our feet in. So it's been very, very relaxing
1: nice 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 yeah oh i will say something yeah i golfed i used to golf growing up and i golfed for the first time since i moved to chicago it's been over seven years oh, and wow. I, I ended up playing a full 18 holes and let me just say it was did, pretty you bad did
2: track? <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> yeah
1: i lost so <laughs> many golf balls <laughs> yeah but it was it was fun let's <laughs> oh, nice. go cool. Yeah, so Phil, you preached this past weekend uh, at the yep. in the Rogers Park Network, right? Um, yep. On Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. Can you give us a recap of your sermon?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, do you want me to read the, read the passage? That'd be helpful. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Okay, mm-hmm. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7 is is, is um, what we across the park preached this Sunday. Let me read it. Um, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad conduct. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? And Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath but also for the sake of conscience for because of this you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing pay to all what is owed to them taxes to whom taxes are owed revenue to whom revenue is owed respect to whom respect is owed honor to whom honor is owed So yeah that was the passage that we we looked at this um Sunday so I think I feel like a little bit of a precursor. Um, you know, one of the reasons we're preaching Romans chapter 13 at the moment is where there's a, a little election that's coming up in um, a month or so, and, uh, and or more than a month. But uh, we wanted to give folks across park just um, an idea of how to engage um, politics. Um, one of the interesting things for me is that I'm not a U.S. citizen. Um, I'm, I'm from Ireland, as I've already said. I got, actually have two passports, one that says I'm Irish, one that says I'm British. So I've got my own issues that I work that I have to work through um so yeah that I come probably at this passage from a little bit of a different um angle or a little bit of a different um perspective um the way I kind of intro my sermon was just uh I looked through some of the complexities that this uh passage stirs up in our mind um thinking back even to the American Revolution um there was some folks preached in Romans chapter 13 um as a as a Uh, a way of um, uh, pointing out that we should submit to the king and we should submit to the monarch of of, um, England during that season. Others uh, took this passage as a chance to um, point out some parts of this that would make us allowed uh, for the American Revolution to go forward. Um, Jeff Sessions has quoted this passage um, on the border of Mexico. Um, there's, so there's a lot of different, um, voices that, that, that kind of stir up in our minds when we, we read this. Um, some of the complexities are that slavery was legal. Jim Crow was legal. The Holocaust was legal. Um, apartheid was legal. Um, and, uh, the darkest moment in history when Jesus Christ was crucified was a moment that was legally sanctioned and carried out by a uh, ruling authority. So this passage stirs up, um, a lot within us. And I think that's one of the great things is we're going to have two weeks, um, on this, uh, for me, what I really tried to push this Sunday was just um, give a very high view of the sovereignty of God, um, that the governments are God's servants and the governments are God's uh, ministers. Um, And that's just one of the very, strong foundational um, truths that this passage brings across, especially um, in verse one, where we read that, that the authorities that exist have been instituted by God. That's the authorities of the, that exist in the world today. That's the authorities that ever have existed in the world. Every authority that has ceased to exist in the world was put in place um, by God. And what that really means is that every um, country Every place in the world is optional. Um, It's dispensable to God's will and, 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 and what he is working out in the world. Um, So, just give a really high view of God's sovereignty. Um, Verse 4 and 6 talk about uh, the authorities being God's servants and God's ministers. Um, Then I moved into thinking a little bit about democracy, uh, America being the longest constitutional democracy um, in the world, um, a a government run by, um, structured uh, for the sake of uh, being run by the people. Um, But I I thought a little bit about um, how democracy, in a sense, um, it's not only really become the basis for our vote, um, but in a sense has also become a, a platform for us to play out the idolatry of our wills. So, the question that I I really asked at a point in the the message was Is the government in place to serve us, um, or is the government in place to serve God? And um, that's an interesting question in a democracy because um, we're very uh, forthright to point out that it's we, the people, um, that vote, and it's our vote uh, that puts people in place and we elect, and that's how um, people get into a place of authority. And yet, um, the very first verse that we looked at in chapter 13 really points out that no, uh, God says, no, I elect, I put in place, I place those um, in authority. Um, so I, I think this passage brings up a lot of uh, deep thoughts for us regarding um, our own will and really trying to, in a sense, parse out what is the difference between our will um, and God's will and how to, to to think deeply on that. So we may come back to that um, uh, later. Um Another key idea that I brought up um, this week is just that um, because we believe in God's authority and God working through the governments, that we can trust that he is there, um, that he is at work in the government um, because the government is under God's uh, sovereignty and his authority. Um, and that, that uh, Paul was really seeking his readers uh, to, to live with a sense of acceptance, Um, and to acknowledge and have a sense of gratitude for the stability that a government with a justice system brings about. Um, So I touched a little bit on um, uh, some things like abolish um, the police um, and and how uh, Paul would have really been saying abolish, no, accountability, yes, gratitude, yes, conversations on how things can be done better, um, absolutely. And then the third thing where I kind of landed the plane um, was uh, looking forward actually and realizing that all of Romans, um, Paul writes with this real heart of missional intent. Um, he wants the church to stay in Rome. He, he wants them, he doesn't want them to leave because they can't stand the government. Um, and he doesn't want them to leave because they get kicked out because they are being insubordinate and not listening to the government. Um, and really that Paul's heart in that is missional intent. He wants the, the gospel to flourish in Rome. And in the future, he wants to be able to pass through Rome on his way to Spain um, so he can garner their support and the support of the churches in Rome um, to push the gospel uh, forward. Um, so that really broadens our understanding of, of this passage to take us back to Romans um, 12 and realizing that our, our initial engagement in politics really begins in chapter 12, verse 14, um, which I'm not going to read right now, but it is an incredible passage, which we will preach on more um, in the coming weeks. Um, But the verses there are things like, bless those that persecute you. Uh, Bless and do not curse them. Live in harmony with one another. Uh, Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And it's after that passage, then, that we um launch into the, the, what this teaching on um the government and God's role and the church's role um in government I mean even even after that in in Romans chapter 13 verse 8 it goes back in a sense to what was before in this passage about love um, that ends in in chapter 13 verse 10 uh, love does no wrong to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfilling of the law we get this call to love your neighbor so in in a sense Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 7, it's not just a theoretical uh, discussion or, or a systematic explanation thinking through the role of church and government, but it's actually encapsulated within a broader narrative teaching us how to love like Jesus and particularly love when it's hard um, because Paul knew that it was hard. For the church to to live in Rome um, with the emperor there, um, feeling suppressed, feeling like the voice wasn't heard, uh, feeling like taxes were too high, um, and yet Paul wanted them to persevere and 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 stay there. Um, and I think uh, an application for us, particularly from this passage, for us is is Paul really is realizes that their living in Rome is to live locally. Wherever you live, you live locally. And that's where loving your neighbor uh, means your first step in engagement with the public square is to love to love your neighbor. Um, and that's really what I called our people to um, on Sunday, that the Paul wanted the church to commit and stay in Rome. Um, and what does it look like for us to commit um, to our neighborhoods and to our neighbor's um, and to engage or have our first step of engagement right on our doorstep and that might even that'll lead to political engagement and uh first maybe not on the national s- level but it'll start with our local level um with our aldermans and, and and the folks here that are trying to um create order around us in the city um, and what does it look like for us to to come alongside them and what should that look like is something we should be engaging uh, but also to vote in november but acknowledge the sovereignty of God and vote with, with humility, um, and vote thankful that his ways are, are higher than ours. And, and even in a democracy, um, ultimately it is God who institutes, um, the ruling authorities. So that was maybe more, that was, that was, that was quite a long, um, run through. Um, but, uh, that's where we went on, uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff, man.
1: I, I like how you roped in kind of the context throughout the rest of the book, um, in, in showing what he's doing there in Romans thirteen, like the missional intent, and uh, and how even like wanting them for, to stay for the sake of Rome, but also even like his own, um, I guess you could say, like his own ministry plans of wanting to get to Spain and yeah. needing that that launching base in Rome to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Phil. Sounds like you definitely covered a lot in... And- had some really great points you brought up. One question I have is, it sounds like you really pressed in of like, this is a way to really love your neighbors. Do you have any tangible ways or examples that you've seen that done well or could encourage us to do that well, especially in light of this season?
2: Yeah, um, this season, one of the beautiful things up for us in, in Rogers Park and West Rogers Park is is that's really like the door got open during this season of COVID was um, opportunities to to get to know neighbors that want to help people and then for us to come alongside um, and also to, to help our neighbors that are struggling with getting groceries, maybe because they've lost a job. Um, A lot of the, the jobs up here, um, folks are working in restaurants, some of the restaurants closed um people were struggling to pay their rent um so for us up here that was just god just opened that door to to really be able to love our neighbors and to show the gospel through our good deeds and then speak the gospel um into people's lives um and i think yeah i think that that uh, loving our neighbors starts with a certain intentionality um to really love them holistically um i think that's something that i've been challenged through this season of um jumping sometimes to what does it mean to love your neighbors is to, 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 to share the gospel or to do something. And there's a moment I think first where we actually have to, to sit in that idea of love. Um, and it's, love is a call. It's, it's a deep, calling to commit yourself for the sake of somebody um it's not something that you can do one night a week and and that's you loving your neighbors it's like it's, it's a sense of call do you actually love them a lot of time we have to admit like no i don't actually love them but lord how can you bring me to a place where i love my neighbors um holistically and everything that they're going through and that's something i'm really seeking for my own life um in this season that's
0: great thanks so what got cut this
2: week? What got cut? I think, um, I think I chewed off too much this week. And so what got cut was a lot of uh, um, kind of deeper thought and, and conversation. So this is, this is a great um, platform for it, for us. Um, I think one of the things that um, got cut was maybe just a, a deeper thought of, um, you know, what does it mean uh, under the sovereignty of God that every country is optional and every country is, is dispensable. Um, and um, I think for me, that really gets at the heart of, um, we. every country in the world places themselves at the center of of what God's doing, it's it's kind of like we do it as individuals and we do it as countries. Um, that that we read Scripture and and we place ourselves as as uh, the Jews, and then there's the the Gentiles, or um, we read Romans and we're in we're in Rome, um, or uh, we're in Jerusalem, we're at the center. Um, and there's something in that I think that that we need to to caution ourselves um, and just recognize that God's ways are so much higher um and he is at work um all across this world um in many many in all in every in every country God is there and and he's present um and he's working out his his plan and i think there is uh, a a great humility um that we can have when we consider the the sovereignty of God and especially um when i think of uh, my country, and in a sense, I, 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 I claim America is my home. Um, you know, there's a great humility in how we engage the nations around us and, and the possibility of what God is doing is, is, is he is writing it, not us. So that's just something that I um, cut out.
0: <laughs> that's great. Thanks. And I feel like humbling is such a good word for it, to even just think about how the COVID, of ce- COVID season has even changed the way people view the United States and how the United States passport used to be one of the most powerful ones and now we can't go anywhere. So just, yeah, how <laughs> countries are indispensable and it's God's work that's being done. And I mean, the United States has only been here for a few centuries. So he's been using different countries in different ways all throughout. So that's a really mm-hmm. good reminder, thanks. Yeah. Is there anything smart. else that you couldn't fully dive into?
1: I, let me ask one more Sorry, thing. On That's no, it's okay. It's okay., um, but just on that thought, like there's there's a humility, like a humbling that comes with that. But I feel like there's also some sort of difficulty that that arises with that, right? If you know we have a tendency to place ourselves at the center and if you belong to a, a like a people group who has gone through some like really difficult things um, in recent history or maybe the past few centuries, that can lead to. Well, like, how, like, how would God bring this about? You know, in trying to reconcile that, uh, sort of like that, like that yeah. painful history. And uh, did you? And that's part of why I was excited to have you on for this week, is knowing that you've got like this interesting perspective, as like calling the states your home, being from Ireland. I know you've lived in other countries as well. And so, I'm,
2: yeah, I'm curious to see kind of how you, um, how you would go about speaking into that. Yeah, it's. I know that's that is a thing when you bring up the sovereignty of God and say that you know remember god is in everything god is writing the story of the world but there's a lot of like dark chapters you know that's like like and and that's that's heavy and, and for for some of us we can glance over that and others that's like literally oh, you know, that is my life um um you know we, we one of the places we look, We lived in in China and we lived on the border of North Korea. North Korea is usually used as an an example of just like bad government, you know, just like negative. Um, And (laughs) there's very, very, very good reasons uh, for that. But it does beg the question, you know, followers of Christ in North Korea struggling under immense persecution. What do they do when they read? Um, Romans thirteen, and I think that's almost what you're when you're what you're getting at there, Trevor. Um, one thing I think, one thing that I think I can say is helpful from knowing some of the Christians there is that I think sometimes we forget that um, followers of Christ in different countries, they still it's still their country, it's still like their culture, it's still like they have this. There's still they can still be a uh, this like respect and, and love for their people. Um, and maybe they don't like their leader, um, in, in place and they don't like their laws, um, and the persecution, but there isn't like a sense of, I think we can have a very abstract understanding of what just, oh, a bad government cut it out. Um, but I think there can still be this glimmer of light that they see based on the fact that it's their heritage and their culture that we we maybe miss. Um, and because of that, I think out of that hope you could say that they see because there's something good they see within amongst their people is maybe um, something they can use to 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 actually compel them to even when it's really difficult to live, live under a government to still look for those those places of gratitude and say god you have still placed a certain order in my life through this government and and that um i will respect even when they're being treated very badly by that government.
0: Yeah,
1: that's interesting. I mean, it sounds like in some sense, there there's almost like there's a bit of a distinction between um, like sometimes we can collapse our understanding into like a, a nation is a government, a government is a nation, but there's actually some distinction between them. And you can have like this appreciation for your own culture, uh, which is wrapped up in your nation even if you're in a context where, like, you're not thrilled with with the government, um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that's okay. yeah, and I think that's why you'll find. Sorry, we're going off on a tangent here, but that's why you'll find. Let's do specific about like North Korea, but. Um, that's why you'll find if there's followers of Christ managed to escape North Korea, which is a really difficult thing to do and a lot of people want to do that and yet they, they go back to share the gospel there. you know that there's there's a commitment um, to the people of their country that is that goes beyond just their desire for political freedom. Um, yeah
0: Phil, was there anything else that got caught or you couldn't fully dive into?
2: Um yeah i think um you know one of the statements i, I read that i think is thought provoking uh, that democracy democracy has not only become the basis for our vote but also the platform to play out the idolatry of our wills um and i think um you know i think we sp- specifically in this season as we we engage um people around us in conversation. Um, I think it's a really good season for to stop and to try and really think through, you know, h- how are my desires wrapped up in what I'm saying is uh, biblical? And how am, how am I parsing out just what, what what I want and what I think is right from what I legitimately think is, is uh, unquestionably biblical? Um, and I think because I think when we do that, we realize that actually a lot of the time what we're uh, pushing forward as uh, is actually just our culture, our upbringing, our preference, which may be incredibly legitimate and, 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 bring that, bring it all to the table, history, bring everything to the table, but also have to recognize that there, you know, that there's other perspectives. And sometimes we can um, be just pushing to, to actually get our way, to put it, to put it crudely. Um, and those are things like we, we have a, we can question, you know, our, 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 question capitalism we can question you know the the, the dark or the shadow side of, of democracy and the issues that that um, bring up we can think about terms like conservatism and progressivism what do they what do they really what do they really mean and how do they align um, with what we know to be the, the true story of the world that we see um, in scripture and, and and to be honest about the kind of prejudices in our life um, and that's just democracy has really opened up um, the history of democracy is, it's comes through 16th, 17th century when, when John Locke really brought ref, refreshed and new ideas to the idea of individual rights and, and liberty and human rights, which are beautiful things that we, we value today, but they also have brought us to a place um, where we really struggle with any sense of authority outside our, our own. So truth centers on us and our wills and our desires. Um, and we see that play out in lots of different ways in society where um, this is who this is who I am and there's no authority that can speak against that. But also in the church as Christians, it's really brought us a place where we as individuals have a way that this is the way, this is the right way. Um, and uh, being in a democracy, we, we, that idea is beautiful that we all have a voice um, and yet our voices all need Questioned and our voices are all broken, and we need to come to the table with, like I said before, we need to come with a lot of um, humility.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Mm. Kind of like the need for like
2: self critique, self questioning, and and just that posture of humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and listening to other um, brothers and sisters in um, in our lives. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Phil, thanks so much for being with us uh, on our inaugural episode for season four over Zoom. Looking forward to seeing how this new format plays out, but I feel like we've got a winner here on the first time out. <laughs> so, thanks Thank for coming you so much, Trevor. So. Good
2: to be here.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us in our first episode of season four of the Pastors' Cup. We hope you join us again next week as we continue our study in Romans chapter 13 and explore what our posture towards government should look like.